We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans, welcome to another episode of Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. As always, you're here with Megan Gower, and we're officially at the 26-day countdown to the start of the NCAA season. The season starts on Wednesday, November 25th. Really excited to start talking about some NCAA college basketball today, and we'll have a few more weeks of preview episodes leading up to the start of the season. I'm here today with Aaron Barzilai from our Her Hoop Sets team. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Doing well, Megan. It's good to catch up with you. It's been way too long. I know. It is good to have you back on. Good to be back with the podcast. We took a couple of weeks off between the WNBA and the NCAA preseason, but back on this week and we'll be back on going into the NCAA season, which starts, this will come out Friday, so it starts on 26 days, which is crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about this. Yeah, I think that um, like it just feels to me like I've needed to recharge a bit after the WNBA finals. I feel like our whole team uh, at some level has, uh, you know, it was very exciting, but uh, to have all that basketball, but also a little bit overwhelming. So, you know, we're wrapping up with all of our articles uh, on our WNBA kind of team by team kind of recaps and projections, including uh, Richard's uh, salary cap information, which is a really good way to get a sense of where the WNBA teams uh, are and what they're going to be facing in free agency. We've also got some plans on continuing to add to our, um, you know, CBA FAQ, which I think is going to be important. So we're going to continue to cover uh, the WNBA uh, throughout the WNBA offseason, but definitely turning our attention to college. It's time to really kind of turn the aircraft carrier and start thinking more about uh, <laughs> thinking more about college. Yes, definitely. I know it's crazy to think that like four weeks from today when this comes out, like it will be college basketball will be underway. Thanksgiving will have already happened. It's like, where did the year go? But I'm super excited for one for college basketball to be back. So 
Lots of yeah, stats. I'm a little uh, daunted, right? We're working on uh, some enhancements to the uh, stats site. I'll remind everybody, please uh, sign up to our uh, for our stats site, you know, trying to improve the NCAA side of things. We launched WNBA during the WNBA season, and so now it's time to uh, put some energy into the NCAA. So 26 days, you know, at some level, wish uh, I had a little more time, but, uh, you know, I think we'll get it done, and I think people are, are going to like it. So if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, uh, please uh, check it out and give it a shot. Um, it's really weird now. Also, I did have the weird experience. This isn't exactly basketball related, but uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of basketball with my son. That's kind of part of our routine uh, before he goes to bed. And so he was kind of like, so what are we going to do now? He was like a little <laughs> kind of, you know, for the last two weeks, we've been in this weird state of limbo. And for whatever reason, I decided to watch a little bit of the baseball. Did you watch any of the World Series? I did not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I have in years past not. And, uh, you know, I don't really watch much football either. So I appreciate you breaking away from uh, Thursday night football tonight to record this. But it was uh, a nice change of pace to be sort of following a sport that I'm, you know, casual fan doesn't even really describe it, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of, you know, just kind of seeing what's going on. You know, I appreciated getting the super basic uh information that they were giving you on the broadcast it was just kind of a you know a refreshing palate cleanser or something but not even the baseball's over so i don't know what i'm gonna do uh not gonna have a lot of a lot of sports to watch until basketball i have a feeling we're gonna be pining away for games to start <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm already ready i was like i like needed a couple weeks off after the WNBA. i was like okay i needed like a break from having like something that i feel like i need to watch every night not that it's like a chore to watch it but just like it feels like i need to be watching it every mm -hmm. night and um i felt like i needed a break from that but now i'm like okay i don't know what to watch i like got hbo for like the month i was like oh this will like entertain me i like watch like two shows and now i'm like okay i don't really want to watch anything else here really I need basketball to come back <laughs> interesting yeah i guess you know I, as i was saying before we got on i mean i think like a lot of people i've been probably reading too much news uh about mm -hmm. the elections so i'm kind of i mean in many ways uh we were talking about how thanksgiving a lot of gone by I, I, we are fortunate i guess that the election is a little early in the month of november i noticed that in 2016 the election was on the 7th so i guess we're getting four shorter days in the month of november uh, which is a good thing, I think. So, um, yeah, so I think once the, the election, you know, allegedly goes by, uh, <laughs> you know, then hopefully there'll be a little bit of quiet time before uh, we, uh, you know, the games actually start. And then I expect, you know, it'll be, well, I guess it shouldn't be quite as crazy as the WNBA felt because it should be roughly as spaced out, I think, as a, a normal college season for these games. But who knows? Yeah, I think you're going to see, I, mean, I think we're going to talk about this more later, but I think you're going to see kind of standard schedules, like teams have shaved a couple games off, so that's really all they would have played by that kind of November 25th date anyway, right? Like normally the season starts right. a couple weeks earlier, so you would have had a handful of games, a lot of those they've shaved off, and then you've got, in most cases, increased conference schedules. So I think you're just going to, the biggest difference is going to just be a more like a front loading, I think, of conference games, just because a lot of the conferences are going to try to make contingency plans for when or, or if or really when things go wrong, that there's kind of some time baked into that schedule to make up for that. Yeah, one thing that's going to be a little different, and I kind of think good from a fan perspective, although maybe not as good for a while team slash player perspective is we won't have the sort of crazy broadcast situations for all the Thanksgiving tournaments. Right. Um, you know, I remember every year it just feels like you're trying, like, how do we get that game? How much does it cost to, you know, get the, what is the Vancouver one? Mm -hmm. And 
Um, I probably should have looked them all up before the podcast, but, uh, you know, but I don't think any of that's happening. Right. So we'll just, uh, I know there are going to be some of those MTEs or whatever as the, they call them, but you know, I don't think we're going to have quite the same issue with, you know, some incredible early season games that are really hard to uh, watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I feel like the schedule is kind of more taking shape on the men's side, so it's a le- little easier to comment on what's going on there and how it's going to translate to the women's side. But I think on the men's side, we've seen those tournaments because there's only a handful of places really to play them get spread out a little bit more there because one, the season doesn't even start till the middle of what is typically your feast week games. Um, so things had to be moved to begin with. So now they're kind of spread over a couple weeks. So. With that happening on the men's side, the same thing's going to eventually shake out. I think on the women's side, it's just taking a little bit longer, it seems, for those pieces to fall into place. But agreed, I don't think we're going to have to pay whatever ridiculous amount of money I paid last year for streaming services to watch like your top teams play in these Thanksgiving tournaments. What was it? I think it was like South Carolina and Baylor were playing on like $30 for the one month streaming service. And I was like, well, I can't miss that game. So I guess we're spending $30 on this. But <laughs> yeah, master of the uh, sign up and cancellation uh, yeah. situation. I was never one of those people that, uh, you know, rent, bought a stereo on a Friday for a party in college and returned it on a Sunday. <laughs> I don't know if you know anyone who did that. There are always mythical stories about that in college. <laughs> I feel like my college days I was a little past the stereo era, so <laughs> Oh jeez. Getting my top. Yeah, it's well, Spotify and phones and <laughs> Well, I'm talking about the sound system though, right? The speakers, yeah. right? Which you still need. You still need the speakers. Um so equalizer man. That's what it's all about. Uh but yeah, so it's coming up. We were talking about the schedule. Now you today, uh speaking of college basketball, we're at the or quote unquote at the uh, Big East uh, uh, Media Day. Was it just women's basketball media day today? Yeah, so it's just women's basketball today. Men's basketball was yesterday, but we had all of the Big East coaches on media day today, as well as the commissioner, Val Ackerman. And then um, at the end, we also got Kristen Williams and Paige Beckers from UConn because they were uh, selected as the preseason player of the year and freshman of the year for the conference. Nice. I want to interrupt you, give Val Ackerman a shout out. Did I ever tell you that she actually uh, went to our local high school that my wife teaches at and my kids are going to go to? I did not know that, but that's pretty cool. I believe she still holds the, I got to check it out. I've definitely seen her picture uh, walking around for, you know, events there, but um, I believe she still is maybe the leading scorer for the uh, high school basketball team. (laughs) Pretty cool. That's fun fact. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a small world. So, uh, yeah, that's good that, uh, that she was there. So what, uh, what, what kind of impressions did you get from attending? I think oh, I'm sorry. Th- I'm going to interrupt you. Actually, how many people attended? Was it well attended? I, to be honest, the way it was set up on zoom, I have no idea. Um, they had it set up in like panel form. So you uh, couldn't see who else from the media was on. You could only like raise your hand on zoom if you wanted to ask a question. And then the person that was moderating, um, like chose from whoever was raising their hand to ask questions. So I'm not sure how much was on, uh, how many people were on. Uh, there was a handful of people, obviously, that asked questions. I know Jen was on because she asked a question, but um, <laughs> yeah, not really sure how many people were on. I'm sure it was well attended, though, especially, I think, with UConn rejoining the conference. I heard a lot of our kind of local UConn media online there, and I'm sure there was a fair amount of national media on as well for that part. Cool. Before we move on, I'll put you on the spot. Did Jen ask a good question? 
She did. She did. Um, I'm not going to spoil her question because I think it's coming in an article soon, but um, <laughs> <laughs> she did ask a good question. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. Cool. So yeah, what was your uh, impressions from uh, Media Day today? Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways was just kind of hearing the coaches talk about the schedules and the season and kind of how they're feeling about things. A lot of um, questions about like potential for having bubbles at the college basketball level. Um, I think there was kind of some mixed feelings about that. It seems like a lot of coaches were in favor of doing some kind of bubble environment for like shorter windows. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of teams that are playing in these MTEs at the start of the season are going to kind of start right like that, right? Like Mohegan Sun is calling itself, I think it's Bubbleville is the term they've been using. They've got a lot of these multi-team events being hosted there over the first few weeks. So I think that's going to be kind of like a, I don't, have a clear understanding of it's like a real true bubble because I'm like it is a casino right which is open to the public currently so I'm not quite sure how that piece is working but um I guess I'll call it a pseudo bubble for now until you get the real details of how that's all working but they're gonna try to create these little bubble events for that and then it's like going into conference play it's kind of like it seems up in the air how that's gonna be handled I think one thing that was particularly interesting from the Big East terms of scheduling they haven't released any of the women's basketball schedule yet, right. but basically what they've said is like league play is starting. I think it's December 4th and right. every team is going to play four games before the Christmas holiday. And that part of the schedule is going to come out in like the next couple of days. It sounded like very near future. I think the word that Ackerman used was it's imminent. And mm -hmm. then the league play will resume after the holidays on like the 30th is the plan. And that's the part where it kind of starts to seem like they're going to hold off a little bit before they put out that schedule because they kind of want to see how things go, how to go about those games. I think that's where they're kind of starting to kind of consider, do you do traditional travel? I think that's kind of like the, what you don't worry, I'm going to say at the end of the day today was kind of just like, as of right now, we're like moving forward with it's like a traditional home and away type situation. Like that's all we've heard so far but there's definitely things about bubbles and different types of environments being all thrown around and considered um, the Big East has a task force that's kind of focusing on all this stuff and trying to figure out what's the best way to do it and keep all the players and coaches safe so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out yeah so what's the implication then when do you think they'll announce the games on December 30th like on December 15th they might tell you where you're going I don't think they're going to wait that long. I think they're just trying to like kind of wait a little bit or spend some more time thinking about it. Um, I'm not, I was, it wasn't really clear, to be honest. I feel like you'll probably get information sooner or later, but I think one thing that was kind of emphasized throughout the calls today was just that, like, while you hope that everything goes smoothly and there are no disruptions, like, it's kind of naive to assume that, like, there aren't going to be disruptions at some point during the season so I think there's just going to be a lot of contingency planning um I know Marquette right now is actually they've just had confirmed cases I think on both their men's and women's teams so they're in like a two-week quarantine they've paused all basketball activities and I think it's I, unfortunately very possible that we'll see that happen for many teams I think this season yeah, and it thing. seems like everybody's got to do their part, right? Because it seems like it's going up in the country. And uh, if we want college basketball, then, uh, you know, we all need to uh, be wearing our masks and social distance and all those that good stuff. Because, um, yeah, 14 days, right? I mean, that's is that the Big East official policy for what they're um, going to do so mid-season? 
think that's what their official policy is that now that was also discussed today because there's obviously some reservations about that from the fact of like being off the court completely for two weeks in the middle of the season is like a pretty big issue in trying to run like a basketball season right like the season is long but it's not that long um and then in terms of course like for players you know conditioning from the fact that you like don't can't do anything for two weeks um it sounds like part of that like might be tapered with like testing requirements right if people are being tested three times a week like you can monitor things more closely but also a lot of it comes down to it's not really in the conferences or the ncaa's control it's kind of up to local health officials so Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's in the conferences, too, to some degree, mm-hmm. but certainly they could be superseded, I guess, by the local health officials. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm no expert, but at this point, it seems like, I mean, I get the contact tracing and you might not want to quarantine for 14 mm-hmm. days if you're being tested, but certainly if you've got it, um, right? you know, I think right. you got to stay that long. And and I mean, I personally think you got to be, uh, you know, from everything I've read, I think you need to be if you have been exposed like at least a week, right. It's my, the last I read about it, which could be a little out of date. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of stopped reading as much, but (laughs) (laughs) that's probably healthier for you. It's it's some level your mental health is probably a little better. Maybe it's actually not physical health (laughs) better, but, um, but yeah, no, the, um, yeah. hmm. I mean, it is tough, but yeah, no, it's not a lot of time from, you know, essentially January, February is the, you know, most of the regular season, right? So um, if you miss two out of, call it 10 weeks, I guess, right? So mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm sure all these conferences are, you know, working on very elaborate contingency plans. They're obviously baking time into the schedule to account for the fact that at some point, more than likely something is going to go wrong, like as much as you don't want it to. It's kind of at this point pretty foolish, I think, to not plan accordingly. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, no, one, I don't know that I've ever really seen anyone say explicitly, maybe I missed it, but like, what are they going to do for conference tournament seating, I guess, if teams, you know, really do have to miss games? Are they going to consider those forfeited or just not played or what happens if, yeah, like, I you know, if a team, one team's it. down five games or something? Yeah, I haven't seen anything explicit. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be a, like, it will be evolve as the season goes on, right? Because, yeah. like, maybe every team is going to end up missing, like, two games, and then it's kind of a wash. Maybe. I don't see. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be interesting. Well, it's not a wash, right, if, like, yeah, you know, you're in the Big East and you, UConn, you know, right, can't play you, and so you, you don't have to play who, uh, you know, the team that I think is a favorite in, uh, in the Big East, um, you know, I mean, but in any conference, right? I mean, depending on how yeah. it goes, suddenly your allegedly balanced schedule and for most conferences becomes unbalanced. Yeah, I'll be interesting to see if they really take that much into the consideration just because I like, I mean, the Big East does play a double round robin, so you do right. play everyone twice, but a lot of conferences don't play that. So you already are automatically just end up with mm. teams that have like a more favorable schedule like in the, right. when UConn was in the AAC there was always a handful of teams that only had to play them once um 
and obviously that and they never lost a game in the AAC, so that was favorable for whatever teams only had to play them once that yeah, year. Yeah, and you were all about that UCLA uh, Pac-12 schedule last year, I remember. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that helped UCLA a lot. Even, I mean, they didn't quite <laughs> win the Pac-12 or anything like my wild <laughs> hot takes, but it did help their final ranking, right? Like if you only have to play Oregon once, that's a big deal. Um, so a lot of these leagues don't play a full double round robin, so they already kind of have that bias baked in. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So, um, interesting. And then what is your, you know, so as you mentioned, that's a question I wanted to ask you. I, I, I did not uh, give you the heads up. I was going to ask you this, but what do you think are the chances that, uh, UConn will be able to go undefeated in league play again? Right. I mean, that's a big deal that in the AAC, they never lost a game, right? Yeah. So how I don't many game, that, how many games was that in the AAC, by the way? Do you know that number? I think it's 117 and nothing. Don't quote me on that. It's right around there, though. It's something yeah. like 117 and no. Well, uh, yeah, that's something we should be looking up. Unless someone mentioned to you, do you know when the last time they lost a conference game was? I want to say it was, it was in the old Big East. Was it Notre Dame, probably, in like. Would it have been the yeah. year before they entered the AC, or did they go it undefeated? It might have been the year before that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. But I, I think it was definitely to Notre Dame was the last time that they lost a conference game. Because in the you know the old Big East was pretty stacked. You, got, you right. had Notre Dame in there as well. So it was kind of a power basketball conference. Um, I mean, it's still kind of not on the women's side so much. On the men's side, it's still a power basketball conference. But um so do you think that they can uh so Paul and Marquette are probably right uh the the top uh, competition? Yeah, I'd say DePaul and Marquette are your top competition. I don't think UConn loses a conference game this year. I don't think they never lose a game in this conference. Like I don't think no, that's yeah. something to be replicated. Like that was in I mean, even at the level of the American conference rate, that was just insane. Um I think at some point, yes, they lose a game in this conference. Does it happen well? Paige Beckers is that UConn? I, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know that they lose a game in the next four years, partially just because I think, right, and when you look at the Big East right now, you have kind of um, Marquette and DePaul that are your, like, kind of top contenders without UConn in there. And then the rest is, like, it's a little bit further down, more kind of, it's not really a mid-major conference. I mean, with UConn in it, you can't call it a mid-major conference, that's for sure. But um, there's there's not, like, another powerhouse team in here, right? Like, you've got DePaul and Marquette that are top 25 teams pretty regularly, I think, in the past couple of years. But you're talking, like, the 20 range. Um so I don't think it's wild to say that UConn doesn't lose a conference game for four years. Like, I don't think it's been 10, maybe even more years since they lost a game to a, like, not, like, top 10 opponent. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a hot take, but then, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking is it has <laughs> yeah. been quite a while. Um, yeah, it's like you say. have to go back. It's the St. John's loss, I think, is the last non-ranked loss. And uh, it's been a while. I can't remember what year that was. Uh, this is a lit real fast here. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, well, while you're doing that, I will plug. I think we've got uh, Coach Bruno is hopefully going to join us from DePaul uh, in the next few weeks. I don't, I don't think we've locked that in for uh, you know an upcoming podcast. So, so we can ask him what, <laughs> what he thinks. Yeah, so yeah, the last time UConn lost an unranked opponent was to St. John's in Stewie's freshman year. 
or sorry, oh. no, this is the year before no, February 2012. So just kidding, it's the year before Stewie's freshman year. Um, was her year freshman year was 2012 to 2013, and this was yeah. February of 2012. So it ended their 99 game win streak. Oh, you're right. I do remember that. I think. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah. So I mean, it could be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't. I'm doubtful with UConn's schedule that they'll be able to go undefeated. That would be quite impressive. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, they lose a game. I just don't think it's a conference game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I do think that's probably um, a reasonable, I think the odds probably in your favor, I guess what I would say. Though if you ask Paige Becker, she'll say that she's not going to lose a game in her career. She doesn't want to lose a game in her career. But we'll oh, did see. she say that today? I don't think it was today. I think it was earlier media availability that she said that. But she's basically said that her goal is to not lose a game. She hates losing. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a good goal. I agree with that statement. <laughs> um, whether And it's good to hate losing. But, uh, you know, it is part of it. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, and if she follows the uh, Sabrina model, uh, you know, even if she gets through UConn, uh, it could be rough when she gets to the WNBA. But that's yes. a long way off. We can worry about uh, <laughs> what would that be? 2020? I guess it'd be 2024, probably, right? Um, oh, no, it'll yeah. be probably. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be 2024. So, She's um, is early eligible, so it could be 2023 uh, if she wants ooh. to. Oh, oh, interesting. So, what is your feeling about, you know, since you were there, UConn's the feature team and you, um, as people may be aware, are a resident of the, uh, in the state of Connecticut and a UConn fan. Uh, how are you feeling about the UConn team this season? Are you, and how would you compare it to how you felt about them last year or your assessment of them last year when all was said and done? Yeah. So I think I have mixed feelings about them this year. I've really really excited about this team and I feel like in a way I haven't really been excited about one of their teams in a while um but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like they've got the best team they've had in a while I just think there is one a ton of new pieces you've got six freshmen plus Avina Westbrook who hasn't paid for them so mm. not a ton of returners a lot of new pieces obviously there's just been so much hype around Paige Becker is coming to UConn um, just an insane amount of attention there so really excited to see her on the court but I think what I'm most excited for is just kind of seeing some of these upperclassmen that we've seen kind of play roles over the last few seasons that are now just kind of shoved into that like like Kristen Williams and Olivia Nelson Odota have to be the best two players on this team and they haven't really had to do that yet so I'm excited hmm. to see that and then I think the thing I'm most excited for is just Aubrey Griffin was a freshman last year, right. kind of came off the bench, little spark of like energy for them, but just such a fun player to watch. Loved I'm, her, loved watching her game. Yeah, very, very excited to see what she does this year. I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. That, and then you've got Aaliyah Edwards, who's a freshman other than Paige Beckers, who hasn't gotten quite as much attention, but people are comparing her somewhat to Nafisa Collier. Oh, so, that wouldn't be yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't really know where they fall in the scheme of things. I feel like the college basketball landscape on the women's side right now, in general, to me, there's just a lot of question marks even at the top. Like, I think we've got our collective group of top teams that we expect to kind of be that top 10 group but how they all fall against each other I feel like every single one in that group has some pretty big question marks so kind of interested to see what happens yeah and I have more questions about uh you kind of gonna ask you but I mean the most recent one was the unfortunate news about the injuries uh down in Waco right with Dee Dee Richards and the Moonerson right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Moon Arson, it sounds like just, well, I shouldn't say just, but concussion, concussion pro- protocol. protocol. So yeah, I would not say just one, for that. That can be, yeah, I'm always it can be very serious, concerned yes. about that. Yes, but hopefully it's just kind of like a minor concussion. But Dee Richards' injury sounds fairly serious. It's, it's Are you going to read it or am I going to read yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to read it because okay. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But no. spinal cord injury with without radiographic abnormality. So I was trying to research that last night, but I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to make any comments about what I think that is. But it does say it could lead to temporary impairment i did see that she was released from the hospital so that is good news but super scary injury there for them um obviously hopefully she's just healthy and regardless of basketball i'm back from what sounds like a pretty serious injury but also just a huge blow for baylor yeah, I mean, obviously, good. It says uh, Michelle Vopel's article on ESPN uh, says that she was released and making progress, but of course, that's pretty vague too. So it's good that she's released, you know. And uh, let's just hope that, you know, even if she doesn't feel like she's at full strength in the short term, that she'll be able to make a full recovery in the long term. Yeah, especially I feel like a player that had just a lot of promise going into this year. I think she, I mean, she was the defensive player of the year. Last year has always been like a lot of fun to watch on the defensive end, but someone I thought could kind of make that big step next year of like Baylor kind of needs another offensive option. They lost Lauren Cox and then, um, you know, they lost, who was their point guard last year? I'm blanking. Uh, uh, and lost Taya Cooper, who scored a lot for them All right. as well. So they needed a little bit more on the offensive end. I think we've seen Didi Richards do that and flashes like their national title run comes to mind for me i think the right. eight final four she kind of put out some bigger offensive numbers so she's definitely capable of it and i felt like if she did that this year she was maybe even a lottery pick in the draft like i think her ability on the defensive end is something that so many teams could benefit from that i think she had the potential to kind of go there in the draft so really disappointing that we might not get to see her yeah i mean i think it's a little early to you know we don't have yeah. enough information to, <laughs> i right, mean i was right. not concerned i hope it's fine and uh you know the start of the WNBA season we know it's a long way off hopefully it's, yeah we know exactly how long it off it is and it won't be delayed <laughs> again but um you know there should be even hope time to there, there's oh, certainly yeah. a chance there's definitely time for her to recover time for her to recover before the WNBA season i do think though her co- her senior college season right now is definitely impacted with the way they put it i mean it is indefinitely so that just doesn't yeah. give a date but like i i would be mind blown if she's playing on november 25th right so um yes yes and you know her. having i mean i uh to in my uh very very lame uh athletic career when i played division three mm-hmm. um, i mean i tore my acl and you know what they always say too is that you know it's not just the physical but the mental is too so mm-hmm. There's that part of it to overcome as well. So anyhow, thinking of her, hope that, um, you know, she will be able to come back and feel like she's full strength uh, in the not too distant future and hopefully in time for a tournament run. Yes, agreed. So, but anyhow, getting back to uh, UConn. So did uh, Gino talk about the amazing strides that uh, uh, Olivia Nelson Adota and Kristen Williams uh, had? Are they, did they, you know, the proverbial, did they put on 15 pounds of muscle in the off season (laughs) or anything like that? What did we hear? Um, I feel like we've in general heard positive things about both of them. He didn't talk too much about either of them today, but he has talked about them some in the past. Um, I mean, generally, it sounds like Olivia is making 
big strides. I think we kind of saw Olivia starting to come into her own a little bit towards the end of last season and then like in the conference tournament. And then obviously things were canceled and we never really got to see where that took them. But I do expect that we're going to see a pretty big year from Olivia Nelson and Dota. And then Kristen Williams is an interesting one, I think, because I mean, by no means did she have a bad season last year, right? Like, she was no. she still scored like 15 points a game for them. Like, pretty overall, pretty good season. But she's talked to, not today, but in the media in the past couple of availabilities about how she just, like, felt like her confidence wasn't there last year. Like, didn't feel good about, like, how things were going at all. And how kind of everything being canceled in the pandemic gave her a chance to just kind of like reset and kind of get things back in order. But the way she's been talking about her game in terms of like how explosive she feels on the court and Gino's been talking about her confidence. I think she's going to be a really exciting player to watch this year. Um, I believe today after media day, there was she was on an Instagram live with like Big East Women's Basketball and talking about her kind of expect or like hopes or expectations for the year and said she wants to win national player of the year i honestly obviously haven't seen her on the court yet so i have no idea if she's in that form but um i think she's probably gonna be kind of a player that's gonna we're gonna be hearing her name a lot this season yeah now she was the number one recruit right yeah so she was the number one recruit had a pretty like splashy freshman year i would right. say she had that game against notre dame where she like really right. went off um kind of like came onto the scene but had a very solid freshman year performance at UConn and last year a good year by all accounts not a great year but a good year um, but it sounds like she wasn't too happy with it yeah I wonder what I mean what do you think the dynamics are going to be of having because on the team yeah it's interesting so if if you like follow them her or Gino on Instagram or Twitter it's kind of funny like the dynamic between the two of them is hilarious um Gino calls her like Paige Kardashian because he's like you're famous for being famous <laughs> um and then he like posted on Instagram after Biggie's media day today like a picture with Paige and was just like I want to get I get I only agreed to this because I want more followers or something like that uh -oh. she's got like 500,000 followers on Instagram but anyway it sounds like they've got a kind of good like joking relationship um going on there yeah, yeah I mean, hopefully that'll be interesting right i mean certainly in some situations you see that kind of attention can can be tough on team chemistry yeah i don't get the impression that it has been tough um i mean do you know coming to today that the team's kind of chemistry off the court is phenomenal i think that the pandemic and has kind of forced that to happen a little bit and <laughs> it seems like off the court they're in a really good spot chemistry wise um and then also just every time Paige speaks to the media, she's just so humble. Like, she doesn't really seem – like, it doesn't seem like all the mm. attention really gets to her, right? Like, she doesn't – she's just kind of like, eh, it is, like, I don't really know why it's all there, but it is. Like, I think she knows she's good, but, like, not in a, like – she doesn't come off like that, right? If that right. Makes sense. Did Gino speak about, like, what expectations she had for her? He had for her? Excuse me. Um, He kind of just talked about – he actually brought it up in – to like you know people talking about freshman expectations in general and that like uh he brought it up with respect to like stewie right when stewie was a freshman at uconn she had a really good basically a really good november and a really good march and like the in-between was definitely rocky and like mm -hmm. people just forget about that because she won a national championship and like no one really talks about that but uh freshmen always tend to have ups and downs and i think he kind of 
piloted on that is trying to kind of hammer that home like people need to like you know she's still a freshman she's still an 18 year old like taper your expectation um and i think he also talked about kind of just like the impact that social media is going to have on that because when stewie was a freshman that was when i was a freshman in college so instagram didn't exist like um it's just (gasps) a different world (laughs) yeah do (laughs) or maybe it existed but it wasn't big right so like it's a different world so um, it's going to be like the world's ending when she like has a bad game and it's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to be a different environment. Instagram did not exist when I was in college. I will say that. <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I won't go into, uh, the internet when I was in college, but it was there. It was there. So <laughs> I'm not that old. And yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, cause I, that's where I am. Right. Is, I mean, I do worry that the hype is a little too high, right? I mean, we almost saw that in WNBA when, you know, I think everyone thinks that Sabrina would have averaged that whatever her line was that one game, 33. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as if she could just do that every game and it's the same thing I'm sure with Paige that, you know, I, I, I'm glad to hear that Gino's trying to temper expectations. It'll be interesting to see how much people sort of do that in a protective way versus how much they hyper. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I feel like, I'm not surprised that Gino's doing it. So many good players have come through that program, right? Like you've had so many, right. not to say that pages are special, but so many pages like that have come through that program. So it's not a, such a new experience. Yeah. And obviously like she's, she's great, right? But we don't, she's a freshman. We don't know what she is, right? She exactly. has not played a game of college basketball yet. Yeah, that's actually, you know, literally said that on the call today when they were talking about like freshman of the year. He's like, why do we do freshman of the year? None of these kids have played a game like oh, preseason freshman of the year. Yeah, exactly. Preseason freshman of the year. Like no no one's played a single game. No one knows if any of them are going to be any good (laughs) for the clicks, you know, for the clicks. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow. Yeah, maybe we should specifically write a uh, our prognostication for Big East freshman of the year so we can gratuitously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there'll be a lot of a lot of debate on that one. Who's number two? You think number two freshman uh, in the Big East? Did they talk about that? They didn't talk about that. They didn't do an all freshman team. I <laughs> don't feel inclined to comment on it just because I don't know enough about what else is like coming right. in. If you're asking me, number two freshman on UConn, I'm going Aaliyah Edwards. Um, played for the senior Canadian team. Top, mm. I forget exactly what recruit number she was, but. Pretty highly ranked recruit. It's the one that people are um, kind of making some parallels to Fee. So I feel like she's going to be super exciting to watch. But I don't like know enough about the recruiting landscape in the Big East right now to like say that she's the number two freshman in the Big East. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get out to many of those uh, high school tournaments. Uh, I guess <laughs> those two summers ago. Whatever. <laughs> no, no, <I> <laughs> no, me neither. So um, yeah, so it's not that far off, and uh, you kind of have some big games uh, coming up at the beginning of the season. Do you think you're going to be able to uh, make it out to any of those? What are you thinking about going to games in person? We were sort of talking about the bubble earlier. Yeah, so I I said it earlier right now, but I have some like mixed feelings about it. I think if you asked me two months ago when things were going pretty smoothly, I would say in Connecticut, right, like we had been at the same spot for a while, stuff was opening up and nothing was spiking, I would have been like, oh, absolutely, if they'll let me go, I'm going. Um, I think what I've heard at least is it sounds like Mohegan Sun is planning to allow media um, I haven't heard like official on that, but it sounds like they're planning to allow media in Bubbleville. I will, I will definitely consider going if it is an option. Um, but I feel like I need to 
see where things are at in three or four weeks from now because we were doing pretty well here and things in the last few weeks have not been going so well so yeah well you're not the only one i think that's happening uh everywhere and yeah. you know for all we know i guess the mohegan sun stuff's pretty soon but uh you know by the time like the turn the nta tournament comes around we could have had like two more waves and back yeah. under control by the time uh in mid-march and early yeah. april is here yeah, I don't know. For me, it's really hard to think about like even what like the world might look like in March. It's like hard to think about what the world's gonna look like in two weeks. I feel like so. We'll see. Yeah. No, I agree. Although it is good, right? You, so you were talking about it. We uh, do know through you know the UConn blog got that nice tracker of confirmed UConn games. So they've got a Mississippi State game. Uh, this is the non-conference, right? Mississippi State probably uh, probably with their tournament on the 28th and 29th so there are louisville's at mohegan sun i guess yep. and then yeah all, both of those games are actually at mohegan sun because the yeah. uh, mississippi state one that tournament is also at mohegan sun and then they're at baylor and at tennessee as well in january mm-hmm. yep so yeah four kind of big top 10 ish we'll assume that they're going to be probably top 10 matchups um confirmed and i think i believe the south carolina game is also confirmed there's just not a date set for it yet probably kind of waiting Mm -hmm. for conference schedules and figuring out that but um yeah did gino sort of signal like or have you at any point uh yukon's maybe gonna change their scheduling philosophy a little bit uh now that they're in the big east um you don't want to cast aspersions on the ac or anything but um you know with the paul and marquette you know, you might say that they're getting tougher games uh, during conference play. And so that whether they'll back off uh, some of their amazing scheduling that they do non-conference. He actually did not talk about that all today, though, knowing like the way Gino just tends to schedule. I'd be surprised if he backed off that at all. I think and I think in general for the fan base, too, right? Like UConn fans love having those big games to go to. They're the. I mean, like we said, it's like not unfathomable that UConn still won't lose a league game in like the next four years. So I think they still need those bigger games. And I think, um, I think Gino likes playing those games, right? Like, I don't think he always says in the past, made comments like he doesn't really care about losing in like January. I mean, well, he wants to win, but like, right. you'd rather lose in January than lose in March. So um, I think he likes to schedule those games. Uh, I do think it was interesting, though. Some A couple of the other Big East coaches did comment on it because someone did ask that question, like, for teams that have kind of in the past scheduled oh. a little bit tougher non-conference schedule. They were kind of like, now that you add UConn, do you, does, like, your approach uh, to that change? I think it was Howard Magdal that asked that question, so shout out to Howard. But, <laughs> Great um, minds think alike. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. a good way to turn it around. <laughs> um, and I thought that was super interesting. And you got kind of the same response that I assumed Gina would give, which is no, because even though you still you have that UConn game, like you still want to schedule top opponents to get a chance to get signature wins because that's what you need to, for some of those teams want to have the resume to make the NCAA tournament and then to have the resume to get the best possible seed. If you don't have signature wins, you can't argue yourself into better seeds. Well, not that they get to argue, but like that's how you get into a better seed set, right? It's we need like to argue more. Winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so it's not just winning, it's winning against teams that matter basically yeah, so. no, that's fair right and that's why you know it'll be interesting the so the net is you know a component right i think mm-hmm. it was the language i got i forget exactly what they said for how they're going to be seeding right but still the selection committee is going to be considering it among other 
um, components. I I think I'm repeating myself, but so yeah, no, I mean, definitely eye catching. So, you know, one thing I love actually about women's basketball, um, as you know, I have not been following it as long as uh, you have and probably many of our listeners, but one thing I really appreciate is just how much everybody in the game is trying to schedule those tough non-conference games and, you know, really just tons of marquee matchups. It's really great to see, uh, you know, I think there's just a lot of incentive both for the tournament perspective and getting the best seating, and then also sort of the collective effort to grow the game, kind of the more of these high quality games that, uh, you know, we can have as fans and the better it is for women's basketball as a whole. Right, like those big Monday games that you get that kind of are the highlight I'm usually on like an ESPN, ESPN2 on a Monday night is a big deal. I actually think that was part of what went into the Louisville game, if I'm not mistaken. I like read something that like part of what happened with that game was like kind of some encouragement from ESPN to try to schedule that UConn-Louisville game to get kind of you know another marquee matchup for that lineup. I don't know if the fourth is a Monday or if it's I was going to say, we can check PM that. Night. I can check that while you're talking. No, it's a Friday. <laughs> it's a Friday, but I think it's still, so it's probably going to be a still like an ESPN two game or something. So um, uh, yeah, that would be good. I got to talk to my uh, ESPN contacts to get a, mm-hmm. I got a good handle. I'll, I mean, it'll be interesting given the WNBA schedule on broadcast and the ratings that they did you know which were i mean on the whole i think good but not great we've seen that with a lot of sports because attention is split uh, it's going to be interesting to see if espn chooses to broadcast more games on espn and espn2 this season in the same way they added wmb games compared to previous years yeah i actually think it's going to be interesting because from a perspective of like when the season first starts i think you're going to have less competition than normal because right. the nba is starting later correct so well, it's a little debatable, right? They allegedly, I was, that's something that, uh, you know, at one point they were like, oh, we might not start till January or February. Some talk about Martin Luther King Day, um, mm-hmm. which is always a, a big day in the, in the WNBA, in the NBA. And so, yeah, the idea that there would be no NBA, uh, and I don't know what the NHL is doing, but I don't think that's going to affect women's college basketball fans tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that was what I thought as well, that it would be good for opportunity for college basketball. But then now they're talking about maybe the NBA will start December 22nd. So that'll take away some of the window. And, you know, the other thing that'll be happening in the NBA is the kind of free agency off season period. It'll be like right around the 25th, actually. That's fair. Okay. So maybe not so much. It seems like that's still up in the air, but I do think in general, you still won't have NBA games necessarily for probably the first month or so. I feel at like least, at this point, it's at probably least. safe to say that because they would need to have a plan to be having games in a month from now. So, um, yeah, yeah, it seems like you'll get at least, you know, some of those opening tournaments and kind of marquee matchups that are at the start of the season and before you've got a third set of basketball that you're competing with. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, that'd be great if it worked out with sort of the reverse effect of the WNBA. Um, so it'll be see if it's really sustainable and it'll be I'll just be interested to see what NBA I mean more of an NBA angle on it right but you know what NBA fans do will they watch college basketball men's or women's or will they just be like forget it I'm gonna wait until the NBA starts yeah that's fair I don't I'm always been more of a college fan first so I'm like go that way so I don't can't speak for people that are the other 
Um, but yeah, who knows what they'll be competing with? I feel like the NFL is a full scale disaster. So at that point, they might not have to even compete with that because I just I'm shocked that they're still playing, kind of. So um, oh, I think they're putting their heads down and going to muddle through. <laughs> and yeah. you know, frankly, right? I think there are a lot of questions about what's going to happen with college. I think there's definitely oh, yeah. some risk that the same thing is going to happen because. Um, you know, those crazy college kids are you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of concern. I mean, I know some college kids, students that, um, you know, intentionally chose to their, their school, they could have gone in person, but they chose to take all their classes remotely because they didn't trust the other college students. So. Yeah. To be fair, like, I feel like people keep like saying all this stuff about all college kids that can't be trusted. And I'm like, like half of the American public can't be trusted. So let's stop blaming like the 18 year olds that like for making poor choices. Like, now, didn't you tell me you're not even a millennial, you think, right? I am a millennial. Oh, okay. I am, I'm not a Gen Z. The kids in college oh, now are okay. Gen Z. They're not millennials anymore. Normally you like uh, <laughs> just kind of let, leave them off. It's uh, like, hey, don't, don't let me in as I, I seem to recall what you told me before. So <laughs> it's good to hear you sticking up for them. <laughs> yeah I, they're a different generation than me but yeah i don't know i just feel like there's a lot of people in this country that are not making the right decisions and like i just like you're 18 like i know how responsible i was at 18 years old like yeah there's a lot of pressure to put on college kids to be like make I, all the right choices <laughs> yeah no 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 i agree i agree so it's uh it's tough right everyone brains are not fully developed right yeah exactly <laughs> so uh no it's the Life is hard. 2020 yeah. is hard. Um, I will say I did enjoy the uh, Saturday Night Live skit where they uh, had had them going to a psychic. At the, it must have been December 2019 about talking about and like, what? Why am I excited to go to a restaurant? Like, how's that? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's been a crazy year, crazy year. And um, but yeah, maybe we should make the decision, I guess, to uh, wrap it up here. We've been going for a while, I think yeah. longer than we expected when we kicked this off. Yes. So yeah, I think that's all we've got to talk about today. Um, thanks for joining, Aaron, and be on the lookout for more college content. We'll have more stuff coming in the coming kind of, I think we've got three or four episodes left before the season tips off. And then, of course, we'll have real college basketball to talk about, which will be super exciting. Yeah, we've got lots of great episodes uh, coming up. I know that uh, both Gabe and Christy, they recorded... I guess it came out this morning uh, or Thursday morning. By the time you get this Friday morning, it'll be the day before. So that was exciting. And then I know John's got, I believe coach Ruick from Oregon state's going to be on, uh, on Monday. So I'll be interested to hear him, uh, talk about his expectations for the season. Yeah. So definitely be tuning into the podcast, check out the stats site, make sure you're, um, rating, liking, subscribing, everything where you listen. Um, subscribe to the newsletter, which is also free, but all of our articles in your inbox in the mornings. Thanks for listening. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.